Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. All right, there we go. Welcome in, guys. It is 7.33 a.m. Mountain Time. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Scott Kennedy. Happy Monday morning. It's time for Broncos for Breakfast. Scott, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Ready to go. Feels like uh, I was just here last night with the folks. So we got a new crew in today. And I, I kind of like my theme song right now. While Chad's been out is is Corn's It's Me Again. Okay. So, uh, so and, and like I said last night, sorry, I'm not better looking. Oh, you look great for 82. I know. That's what you always lie older. Always. I actually pulled that on somebody. I told them that. And I said, never lie younger. And I said, see, I look pretty good for 62, don't I? He goes, you're 62. I'm like, dude, I just told you the joke. Yeah. Not paying <laughs> said, attention. So, but if I told you I was 30, you'd be like, dude, what the hell have you been doing with your life? You look uh, awful. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm right on that 30 mark, but it's pretty good. I'm getting excited for summer. We had a good weekend. Actually, we uh, hosted my one of my wife's best friends um, that we hadn't seen since July 2020. So it was great. They went to the Billie Eilish concert. I did not go. I would probably not appreciate it, but I'm going to see Paul McCartney with uh natalie when the time comes so welcome in guys um uh, go ahead your weekend baseball all that stuff how's the weather it was uh cold and windy mm. so 20 mile an hour winds it was tough baseball weather short fields and nobody could hit one out anyway so it was mm. it was tough it was tough but well, uh sunny so I'll i remember take some, it. i remember we did this last summer someone said oh scott's getting on the tanning bed i'm like i don't know what you do but i spend my summers in the sunshine <laughs> Absolutely. Ah, man, I'm so ready for summer. We got DWI guys coming in. Good morning, gents in Broncos country. Good to see you, Ethan. Uh, Luke Wright's in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott. I see a lot of rumors about Tyron Matthew to Denver. What do you guys, do you guys think that'll happen? I do not think it will happen. Uh, I think that somebody's going to offer him a bigger contract than the Broncos will offer. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Broncos are like, hey, we are uh, keeping an eye on your market. And uh, if you know, if you come down to this price, let us know. Uh, but I don't think it will happen. That said, the Broncos right now, that safety spot, I'm I'm excited about what the potential of Caden Stearns starting of Justin Simmons can be. But let's be real. That's probably the position right now on the roster that is the most unknown in green because you're relying on Caden Stearns as number one. If he doesn't cut it, Jamar Johnson, who battled the sick bug last season, but wasn't very good when he was on the field. And also P.J. Locke, who looked good in preseason, but preseason is a different kind of football than regular season football. So. I, I think Tyron Matthew, if you could bring him in, would make a lot of sense. But the contract has to make sense first and foremost. Yeah, I think you're right now. Your resources you want to allocate for right tackle. That's I don't I don't want to burn through the reserve I have right now on a position that I feel pretty good about. When I don't feel good about right tackle, until I've exhausted all of my options at right tackle, then I can start thinking about a, a bigger ticket free agent. So, and it depends, you know, as yeah. as time goes by his market will go down but time hasn't gone by yet it's still march so you know we start rolling into august and he's unsigned um his his market might cool off a little bit you might be able to get him for a song yeah absolutely luke right first good morning nick and scott oh yeah we just did this one let's get to the five dollar super jacob foster first our, our silent jacob killer. first the silent yeah. one jacob coming in with big stars as usual the silent one 
huge supporter of the show. Cheers to you. First sip on Jacob. Ah, so Ow, too hot, too hot. I just I poured late. I poured late. And the reason why, Nick, is because I was doing a little work on a name from our past. John Fox was just hired by the Indianapolis Colts to be a special assistant. Um, it says a senior assistant for the defense. So John Fox back in the game, and he is with the Colts. Yep, back with the Colts. It'll be interesting to see what he does. Uh, I think that looking back, he we look back on him a little bit harshly because of the standards were so high for the Broncos and kind of his conservative football when you had a Peyton Manning in playing incredible football was not ideal that 2012 and 2013 season sometimes, but that's fine. And I, I don't know if uh, I think Peyton was also looking for a new direction as well. And the Broncos went with Peyton over Fox because yes, but good for John Fox as Kathy Lund says here. Absolutely. And uh, wishing him the best, I guess not the best because the Colts are a threat to the Broncos in the loaded AFC, but I'm wishing him personal success where the team maybe is left wanting just a little bit. Is yeah, that, is that it's a one of those like baseball. You're, you know, I want Freddie Freeman to go four for four with four solo home runs and beat the Dodgers twenty to four. Yes, you know, you can yeah. you can root for individuals while still supporting your team. That's possible. And how about this in the baseball world? Albert Pujols back to the St. Louis Cardinals. Man, what a time! What is it? Two thousand four? Is Larry Walker going to be playing soon? Scott Rowland, what's going on? Jim Edmonds. Ah, oh, man, those those are some kids. good baseball. They days. have kids that are about to be playing. I think I, I think Larry Walker's got a, a son that's that, that's a that's a dude too. I'm not positive on that one. Hell, he may already have getting old enough. He might already have somebody that's that's a thing. But um, this is the uh, uh, thank you. I think compliment from Boy Boy coming. You look like a seasoned fan who's seen too many rebuilds. You wear it well though, my friend. Gosh, I can't wait for some OTAs and training camp. The problem with being an Atlanta sports fan is we didn't see rebuilds. We just saw crap. Uh, with Arthur Blank, though, I think the Falcons will attempt to rebuild. They've got the resources to do it. Uh, under the Smiths, uh, back in the day, you want to talk about bad owners? They were just check collectors who bought their way in and hit a lottery ticket and were just happy to collect revenue. So it was nice when they when they sold off. And you, know, you don't go 45 straight years without back-to-back winning seasons, the longest such streak in the history of American sports, without a crap owner. Yeah. The opposite of the Broncos there when they had the nice run with Pat Bowen where they didn't have back-to-back losing or seasons, back-to-back seasons under 500 since 1961. Uh, of course, that uh, unfortunately, that record went uh, went away uh, the last few seasons. That's, but still. That's about when the Falcons came in in like 66, right in that. And, and it wasn't until about two or three years into uh, Arthur Blank's tenure in, I don't know, the late 90s, early 2000s that they had back-to-back winning seasons. Whew, that's tough. Too many rebuilds. I'm, I'm ready for. I, I like the rebuilds. Rebuilds are fun. Yeah. It's when you stink and there's no hope that it's just, man, this sucks. Yeah, the rebuilds can be kind of fun. The possibilities, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Possibilities endless this morning too. For Mile High Truth coming in top of the morning Broncos world. JD's in the house saying shout out from the Salt Lake City. Ray Soto coming in North Carolina checking in. Yeah, some uh, Final Four basketball. As far as I know, uh, the March Madness. Officially became March Sadness as soon as the Hawkeyes lost in round one, because of course, but uh, Duke versus North Carolina, right? That's going to be a, a heck of a game. And then the other side is Villanova versus Kansas. Kansas. So it's blue blood season. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. Villanova, Kansas, Duke, North Carolina. Mm, kind of sounds like the college football playoffs. You know, yeah. the cream kind of rises to the top, even in a one off tournament. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't watch. I watched a little bit. It was the first basketball I watched just with my time on this and running around. I haven't been able to watch much, but I watched some of the North Carolina game yesterday and 
it was pretty evident early on that Cinderella was it was hitting midnight uh, in, in that yeah. game for sure. Yeah, no, it's uh, I'll watch the final four, but just too busy. You're right. I'm trying to now that the Broncos have picks in the more of the belly of the NFL draft. I, I have so many more names that I need to feel comfortable with. You know, we can't just talk. Trevon Walker is an absolute freak. Take the man. We have to talk about Josh Pascal and uh, Braxton Jones and all these guys. EJ in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Brad D also saying good morning from beautiful Montana. Montana is beautiful. Uh, Miguel coming in. Good morning, fellas. Can't uh, can't stay. Just wanted to say what's up. Well, I'm glad we could get to you. And thanks for stopping by, Miguel. Aloha. That's the perfect phrase for hello, goodbye. Aloha, Miguel. Absolutely. Absolutely. we got Mark Rich coming in. Good morning from Raider Territory, a.k.a. Las Vegas. Uh, we also yeah. got... Not buying it. <laughs> Not buying People it. are traveling to like come in and watch the Raiders. I don't know. You'll have to you'll have to give us an update on how well the, the locals are supporting that team or if it's just basically a casino where people work. You know, yeah. kind of just a, a place to work and the fans come in, they travel in, they, they're Raiders fans, they spend their money. Uh, or are they being braced by the locals? in in las vegas i'd be i'd love a first-hand report um on that one my landlord is a uh raider season ticket holder with his brother so uh he goes down to vegas all the time from originally from california following the team to vegas mm-hmm. and um uh, does decent for himself so has the season tickets and i'm like hey you know i'd take the bronco tickets maybe he's like, if it's not opening day let's talk so we'll see maybe i'll be dead <laughs> down to vegas we got eric is in the house steven bumgarner as well good to see you got grant saying i hope i am strong this week i have move uh a heavy industrial embroidery machine. Oh, good luck to you, Grant. Um, yeah. we're new names. Welcome, people. welcome, Grant. So be safe, be safe. Lift with your legs, not your back. <laughs> Make it back, back and twist. That's what they say right now. That's a Family Guy bit. Don't do that. Kathy Lund, yawn. Hi, fam. Good to see you. Uh, we also got Bond coming in saying Jair Alexander looks available. Eyes emoji. If Jair Alexander is available, you figure out what you can do to get him. He's probably the second best cornerback in football right now for my money. I mean, Jalen Ramsey is dropping a bit, but I mean, Jair Alexander is awesome. And your only complaint with him is maybe his size, but guess what? In this scheme, you probably don't really care about that, especially opposite of uh, Patrick Sertan Jr. or Patrick Sertan the second, who has teach tape press technique. So if he's available, I am, I am interested. The only caveat here or the issue is that you don't really have many uh, draft picks to play with. So I'm not sure if the Packers are going to be as interested in you uh, compared to some other teams, but Jerry Alexander, when he plays incredible, the Packers, man, they've done a great job of drafting defensive players over the last three or four seasons. I love, love a lot of their defensive well, roster. You can focus on that when you're not getting, using all your high picks on your quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You might, you might piss off your quarterback in that case, but uh, you know, unless it's to take another quarterback, which, you know, yeah. definitely pisses off your quarterback. So yeah, 25 years old, 510 196 out of Louisville. Yes, please. Sounds He's pretty good amazing. to me. 18th overall. Pretty good pick. Yeah, absolutely. We're just running through some hellos here. Don't want to say hello to everybody. Uh, but if you're getting in here, we want to say hello. Um, so let's get into it. We're going to talk a little bit about the offensive line today to kick things off. Obviously, this is Broncos for Breakfast. Make sure you guys are following us. Scott is at Skunk Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. We're here every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday morning. We got to vote for Angelo coming in and I never catch you all live. Well, you did today. So it's mm-hmm. awesome to see. Um, but we're getting into it. The offensive line. I think this is an area where the Broncos and Broncos country themselves are going to be talking a lot. And you said something already. You talked about the budget for the right tackle. And I, on the surface, I agree with you. I think that right tackle is the most concerning individual spot when you look at the starter. But when it comes to resource allocation this season uh, on the free agency side of things, 
I think the Broncos might be done. I don't know where they're going to go exactly in the market, considering who's available. Uh, that would be a massive upgrade at the right tackle. They went out and they, they've paid three guys who can play right tackle already this season. Now all of them are on one-year deals. So that to me means, okay, we feel comfortable in 2022. It's not ideal, but we feel comfortable with the bodies that we have. That said, you can look at the draft uh, for long-term solutions. I think that's what it lines up with. It's If we see somebody yeah. in the draft that we like, let's go get them. Yeah, and I was just saying, for example, you yeah. like having that $20 million or so. It's 16 and change, according to yeah. SpotRack. I'm going to just call it 20. It's easier, and it's probably yeah. closer because you could come up with 20 if you needed it. You want to keep that 20, and you don't want to spend it just to spend it. I don't want to go Juwan James somebody, but I don't necessarily want to burn it and then not have it available. It's kind of a rainy day fun. You still got to sign your draft picks. Well, that won't be as expensive. Sorry. Uh, you might have an extension coming in for Russ, which could actually lower his value, but you don't want to spend it just to spend it when you've got other needs. So you want to have that available, even if you, they might be done. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just saying that <clears throat> I want to have that in. I want to have those resources available when I still have needs. Uh, and my needs right now are, are, I still could use an upgrade at right tackle. I could still use some help on the interior line. I could use another edge. I could use another corner. All that to me comes before a player like uh, the Honey Badger. Yeah. I don't know if I agree fully, but that's okay. We got to Eric coming in saying, did you guys see the Broncos fans in Mexico? Yes, I did. That was awesome to see. And we had some fun math uh, this last week where we figured out how tall is Azteca Stadium. Wow, it's significantly taller than Mile High. Good well, luck. I know that one, Nick, from soccer, because you, <laughs> you want to know why uh, CONCACAF and why the United States throws the Hondurans and the Costa Ricans in Denver and in Minnesota in January? It's because Mexico City at 7,000 feet in the smog in the summertime sucks, and it's payback. <laughs> yeah. Literally. So it's uh, it's tough. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough place to play. It is. It really yeah. is. And we got Michael Ronquillo coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. I'm Broncos for breakfast. Good to see you, Michael. Hope you're doing well. And we got this one here from uh, Kyle Thiel coming in. If Troy Anderson is there, linebacker from Montana State, in the 55 to 60 range, do you try to trade up for him, or do you wait and see if he's there at 64? I feel like he's a great fit for the defense. I got to see him this year at Montana State University. Personally, for me, you are already so thin at the, as far as draft resources, especially in 2023, that if I'm trading anywhere, if I'm trading up at all, it needs to be for a guy that I have almost graded as a first round pick falling to me at a position of value where I can get a cost controlled player uh, way against the, for cheap, way uh, comparatively to what the, player typically gets paid on the market. So somebody like a cornerback, somebody like an edge rusher or an offensive tackle, those are the names that I think I would be looking to trade up for, but it has to be a very specific uh, circumstance where that player falls. And unfortunately, I, you guys know this, maybe if you listen to me enough, I don't really value the linebacker position as much as seems to be general consensus. I think there's a romanticized viewpoint on the linebacker. And I think the linebacker itself has never been uh, less valuable than in today's NFL. So I'm not trading up for Troy Anderson uh, personally. He's going to be really good. Um, the other issue is that this is a really good linebacker class. There's going to be linebackers available that are going to be very good in pick 64, 75, uh, 96. So I would rather keep that extra pick and not focus in on one linebacker when I could get a Quay Walker. I could get a Leo Chanel. I could get a Chad Muma uh, all available day two of the draft along with Troy Anderson. 
I think there will be enough players available that you like that you're not going to want to move up five spots, give up anything for five spots when there's eight players there that you say, okay, we'll take any one of these eight and be pretty happy with it at this spot. Um, There was a point I meant to make last night when we were talking about the running back position. You've heard me cynically refer to the NFL as a seven-on-seven league as they Mm -hmm. are trying to go to a seven-on-seven league. They're making it more a seven-on-seven league. Um, I'm exaggerating, of course, but I'm not entirely joking with that. (laughs) It's a quarterback receivers defensive back league. Mm-hmm. And in seven on seven leagues at the high school level where you play them, you know, when they're drafting teams, if they're doing that, or you know, who the, the two positions that are the least valuable in a seven on seven league running back, linebacker, uh, they go last. It's just yep. they're they can't keep up in the area and they're they're not getting the big yards. So running back and linebackers in a seven on seven league are least valuable. And frankly, the NFL has turned into a passing league slash seven on seven to a certain extent. So um, I, I agree with you, Nick. Would I like Troy Anderson? Yeah. I'm yeah. just showing those clips, the way he flows the ball, the athlete that he is, the NCC. The guy's pure football player. Absolutely. I'd be happy with him at 64, but I, I wouldn't try and trade up to get him, I don't think. Yeah. And we're not working with all the puzzle pieces, too. Maybe. I mean, it sounds like this guy is Mr. Football when it comes to it. Not very highly recruited. Uh, was the whatever conference Montana state is, excuse me. I do not know it off the top of my head, but he was the offensive player of the year, played running back, played quarterback, and then switched over to play linebacker. Like maybe he's built guy di- to me, but I don't know. Big guy. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, but maybe he's just totally built different and you want to go get him because it's as much about like who he is and what he brings to the locker room in the field as it is, you know, the crazy athleticism and upside. That's a conversation that we can have, but where it stands right now, I like enough other linebacker options that I'm not looking to trade up. Now, if, you absolutely adore Tyler Smith. If you absolutely adore Abraham Lucas, if for some reason Boye Mafe falls to pick 50, uh, then I'm on the phone. I think that makes a little bit more sense long-term. And those positions also, I think, line up more specifically for areas where you aren't going to have a first-round pick next year or this year. And those are positions that historically need first-round picks spent on them to find capable bodies. So if you see somebody that you like is graded as a high two that falls to the 50s at the edge or the tackle spot, both positions where you have gaping holes on the roster for 2023 because right tackle is a complete question mark and you are losing both Bradley Chubb and Malik Reed right now on the Broncos as far as pass rushers goes. Those are the positions I think I would be looking to trade up for, if at all. I think it's more likely you need to trade back. You only and have and four and picks and in 2023. A guy like Troy Anderson, you know, six three and a half with four four speed in the four four is basically if you've ever heard the, the kids talk, if you ran four four nine and you ask him what'd you run, what do you run? He said four four. You know, everybody rounds down. There, there's no math in uh in that it runs down. So he, he was a four four two at the combine. So I'm gonna call him a four four guy because he absolutely is. You could walk him up to the line of scrimmage and you can yeah. do some different things with a guy that's that kind of athlete for sure. You're not just talking about um, and I don't mean this overly negatively, but you're not just talking about a Josie Jewell type who does his job, does it very well. Yep. Uh, so I could get on board with Troy Anderson for a lot of reasons. I, I really like him as a football player, but no, I probably wouldn't trade up. The guy I would try probably try it up for is someone uh, is, is my tackle. is my right tackle. Yeah. Uh, if Abraham Lucas is sitting there at 55 and I start getting, you know, and again, I don't know how much anybody else likes Abraham Lucas. I like him a lot. Get on the phone. Let me send you a six and move up a few spots and grab this guy, and yeah. and, and see see if that does it. Then then we'd be we'd be I'd be real interested. And we got Richard coming in here saying, "I'd love a show one with the three random MHH guys." 
Uh, so he's saying bring on a third one. We already talk over each other so much. I don't know if that's happening, but uh, <laughs> no, that would be that'd be fun sometime. We you should tune in for the pre-draft show where we have the round table. That is always so much fun chaos. It's a chaotic good, I would say overall. But we definitely have more. Oh, it's whipping out the Dungeons and Dragons and the chaotic good. My favorite alignment. My favorite alignment. I'm I'm all about the good, and I don't care how I get there. Those yeah. are my movie heroes right there. The uh, the, the vigilantes. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, we have plenty of that going um, on in here. I had to stop myself just now from interrupting Nick, let alone two guys talking. I was like, when he says, we talk over ourselves so much, I take in a breath. I'm like, wow, that would have been, you know, exactly what he's talking about. I think StreamYard has gotten a little bit better, though. It used to be that if you'd interrupt each other, it basically would mute you both. I think it's gotten better over the last year. So it's not quite as bad. But someone made mention of that when we first started, Nick. I'm like, well, that's because I'm so ADD. If I don't say what I'm thinking, I'll forget. <laughs> I've told Natalie that many a times, um, but thank you so much, Richard. Uh, we appreciate it. So talking about this trading up conversation again, uh, just a little bit more nuance here and something I've been marinating on as well. It's, and it's again, maybe you're going to disagree with me based on what you said previously, but if there's one position and category of this draft where I'm like, okay, where, where are these clusters at? Where do you identify clusters of talent where maybe you can go up and get the last guy available in that cluster for me? Safety is a position that interests me a bit. The Broncos still, if you're going to want to play Dimebacker, that's one that uh, you're going to need, uh, no doubt. Caden Stearns, while I am excited what he can be year two, I thought last year the more snaps he played, the worse he looked, um, the more exposed he was. So that kind of concerns me a bit as well. And you're going to be probably using three safeties a good bit. So the safety position in this draft is one that interests me as far as a potential trade-up if you love one of these Tier 2 safeties. And I think there are three Tier 2 safeties that are worth monitoring that could be really impactful and interesting to follow in this draft, especially as a fit for this Broncos defense. You got Daxton Hill from Michigan who played a lot of slot, but he, I'm curious to see what he looks like in a two high uh, defense as well. Great athlete. Uh, didn't jump as good as I thought he would, but uh, still great athlete. You have Lewis sign from Georgia who flies around the field for that team tested like crazy. Oh man, he's such a good run defender. You want to say, well, Nick, we need to get a linebacker to cover up and help tight ends. You want Lewis sign flying down the field and matching up with tight ends in that regard and taking away space. He's one to watch. And I also really like um, Jaquan Brisker from Penn state. I think if either of those guys fall to pick 55, pick 60, because the state, I think there's a market deficiency at the safety position. Uh, then that would be one that might interest me a bit just because I see a path to the field there uh, year one long-term and in the AFC West, you need you need defensive backs, mm -hmm. a lot of them. So that's one that I just those three guys stick out to me. Now maybe maybe you don't do that because I think there are some other good safeties later on. Uh, maybe you'd rather you know sit there and take Nick Cross at seventy five or Kirby Joseph at seventy five or uh, Dane Belton at ninety six. Those are all names to keep an eye on. Or uh, Jalen Petrie, another one that actually okay. So there's excuse me, there are four tier two safeties. Jalen Petrie's in that one as well. But those are the guys that interest me a bit. Versatile good players, and I think they're ones that also can make a big impact to your one on this team. And see Patrick Havener come in with the stars. We appreciate you, uh, Mr. Havener, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, again, the defensive backs, they, I, I made the joke several times on here. You know, they say that the safety is a devalued position. Watching the playoffs, I'm quite certain that they have devalued the safety position because there was some awful – Coverage. Maybe it's time to put some value back into the safety position yeah. because there was some bad safety play in the playoffs. And there were a lot of big plays that were like, man, where's the safety? Or is, you know, is it just a product of I'm used to, you know, too deep all the time and they're just not happening anymore. 
walking too many guys up. Why? I don't know. They're not running the ball. But uh, I, I've, I've said before, I like JC Woods a lot. Yeah, you know, he's a uh, sixth round ranked in a, in a lot of places right now. Um, so where was Caden Stearns taking? He was a fifth round pick, right? Yep. You can you might be able to strike gold again in in the later rounds if you go with a guy like JT Woods at the at the at the Senior Bowl. Woods was one again. It was all coverage. There was there was very little walk up. It was mostly coverage because uh, there's no hitting, and for the most part, through most of uh, the Senior Bowl practices, uh, JT Woods really popped for me. So I I, I like him. Uh, a lot as well. So um, decent depth, decent depth at that position for sure. Yeah. And uh, we got Kathy coming in. Are the UMHH guys going to do a draft show, even though we won't pick until day two? I believe so. Um, that's going to be a call for the boss. Uh, no doubt. Chad will have to make a decision there. Maybe it won't be everybody sitting there with the pick. Like we've had historically when you have a top 10 pick, that makes sense. Uh, but we'll see. We'll, we'll announce something when we get closer. No doubt. Uh, but thank we'll you so much, something. Kathy. Nick and I will do something one way or another. Uh, even if yeah. we do it over on on my channel, um, just which is a little more general football f- uh, focused anyway. Um, yeah, we might do uh, we might do something like that. We'll see. We will see. Yeah, it'd be great to have the Falcons uh, kind of tease us multiple times. And the Falcons are on the clock, and they traded their pick. They move back again. Oh, it's the third time they've traded back. Oh, Scott would God. be just... the crazy stuff yes. now. Is there's just stuff talking about is like, what are the Falcons going to have to give up to move up to number one? Yeah, to take well, Malik Willis, and you're just like, <sighs> he was a reach at eight. What yeah. you know? What's changed? Oh, he had a nice pro day. Okay, good. We know he mm-hmm. can throw. We know he can throw. Most of these guys can throw. Yep. I mean, don't get me wrong. I get it. I, I'm a fan of Malik Willis, mm-hmm. um, but it also goes back to let's just go back to football only, Nick. Where you know it's three first round draft picks too much for a franchise guy. Well, you're going to have to use one anyway yeah. to draft that guy almost every time. You're going to have to use it, it, one one of those anyway. So now you're talking about just two extra. So if you're the Falcons and you're looking at uh, Deshaun Watson, is it worth Malik Willis and two first-round draft picks? That sounds different than three first-round draft picks, doesn't it? Yeah. So if I use my pick on Malik Willis, so I trade Malik Willis and two first-rounders for a 26-year-old uh, three-time Pro Bowler, yeah, that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good price to pay on the football side of things uh, for sure. So again, I don't mind them going Willis as long as they're willing to move off of him yeah. when they go one and sixteen. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Falling sloth. Good morning, Broncos country. You all going to keep me entertained while I struggle to figure out if my flight today is delayed or not? Well, good luck to you. I know that flying can uh, be I, real. Falling sloth. Are you our Cincinnati guy? I've forgotten who our Cincinnati guy is. Is it falling sloth? If you're here, stand up and wave. Say, Scott, I'm Cincinnati guy. I can't, I can't remember who it is, and I thought it was Falling Sloth. Yeah, no, he's he's a, I don't remember. It might be, um, but we got a Jin Yin Moy saying good morning, Broncos for breakfast. First time I've been able to catch a live podcast. Awesome. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us and contributing to the community. We appreciate that. Uh, do you guys feel the Broncos are in a good position going into the draft with the current roster? Yes, absolutely. They're in a phenomenal position uh right now if you look at the roster across the board i feel pretty good about the 22 uh right now i don't know about the two deep per se but the depth in general is great in the one area where you are pretty unsure about the starter at a value position is right tackle but you've heard me say it on here many times guys and scott too uh i think the offensive line is more about the collective and the whole and the depth i would rather have eight 
C's and B's, then two A's and five F's. And right now I think the Broncos have a lot of C's and B's. So that means they can withstand injury. They can do some flexibility. Maybe they don't have the highest ceiling in the world, but with the quality of depth they have, their floor is extremely high. And if you have a franchise quarterback and a lot of weapons, you don't have to have a top five offensive line to be good. You just need not to have a bleeping crap offensive line. And I think the Broncos are well far away from that level of terrible offensive line play, even with the guys they brought in so far. So yes, definitely a good spot for the draft. There should, there should be some good competition and hopefully there's not a ton of injuries and you can pick your five and let them become a unit. Let your second guys become a unit too, you know, so you can plug in if there, if someone goes down, but what I don't want to see is a bunch of rotations coming in. You know, if you're, if you're switching your right tackle, cause you're not sure the old phrase with quarterbacks is if you've got two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pick your guy and let that become part of a unit. But yeah, do I feel good about the roster going in? Yes, I do. Yes, yep. I do. Uh, what were the questions? Questions were quarterback, check, check. You know, you mm-hmm. get an A for that one. The questions were edge, $6 million, $7 million cap hit on Randy Gregory. Check, check, done. Uh, offensive tackle. Mm, I'll give you a C on that one. That one's yeah. that one's okay. Yeah. Uh, but better than no, you, didn't, you certainly haven't failed there. Uh, I think you could use some more. You've brought in some interior depth. Um, You've got your 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 nickel corner. All of those things have been addressed. Now you're just going into the draft saying, all right, how can I get better? Not, oh, my God, how can I keep from getting killed next year? Um, so, yeah, I, I feel pretty good about it for sure. Um, wanted to hit it or a couple, uh, couple of comments in here. EJ, are we going to do a seven-round mock? Um, we should be able to get to one today. I think we'll have time to do that today. Yeah. Uh, Michael saying, I thought I was overhyping AJ Terrell. Um, I... I'm, I err on the side of caution um, a lot. So if, typically, if I say a guy's pretty good, he's, he's going to be pretty good. I, I usually undersell, honestly. Mm-hmm. AJ Terrell was really good last year. He, he really was. On a crap team, he was really good. Now, the question I might have is, like, you were so bad everywhere else. Did they just stay away from AJ Terrell? But no, they, they actually went after him. So he had a really good coverage grades. Um, he had really good coverage grades when he was – targeted too so he was he was pretty good um i think willis is going to seattle kathy says um that'd be a good pick for them you know they're mm-hmm. in rebuild mode that would be a i mean so are the falcons don't get me wrong um but uh, i think the falcons are going to be so bad that they should be targeting a quarterback next year look at yeah. that next class for sure um sh- kathy kathy schmidt schmidtle diddle 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 kathy schmidt morning guys Probably good afternoon for you, I think, isn't yeah. it? And everyone oh. in Broncos country finally made it to Broncos for breakfast again. We are uh, glad to see you. And Eric says, do y'all start at 6.30 a.m.? Uh, Pacific, we do. Uh, it's 9.30 for me, Eastern. It's 6.30 for... I can't do this right Yeah, it's there. the inverse. Yeah, That guy. I know, but I even end up pointing like backwards towards yeah. me. I got to point that way. For that guy, 6.30 for him, and it's 7.30 Mountain. So Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's get into the main topic here. I wanted to talk about the Broncos offensive line. We kind of have done that already, but we had a little bit of information from Nathaniel Hackett and George Payton yesterday discussing the lines as well, where they were interviewed. I mean, did you see the video of uh, or the pictures of George Payton interviewed at the beach at West? Uh, man, he's just he's just too cool. My our, our GM is just too cool for school. I can't stand it. Uh, Andrew coming in too, saying morning, fellows. We'll have to watch later. Just wanted to thank you for making the best community there is. Thank you so much, Andrew. That means a lot. You're a big part uh, of it, Andrew. Thank you. Yeah. Cute kid too. Good picture. Always love to see those, uh, you guys thriving like that. So, uh, offensive line, 
it does sound like so we can pencil in Garrett Bowles at left tackle, but other than that, it sounds like every single position is up for grabs on the offensive line. Uh, the one thing that I will say that we got that is new information and kind of closes one door. Uh, I think it was Nathaniel Hawk Hackett talking about the blocking schemes being different and the protection schemes being different and the complexity of that. And that Quinn Miners, while we talked about him potentially being a center previously, I think that's still something for him down the road, maybe 2023. But it sounds like right now he is competing specifically for the right guard position. Things might change, but that's one where it's like Quinn Miners maybe at center. Doesn't sound like that's the plan right now. It sounds like right guard. So <clears throat> I think we were as a maybe, but doubtful. What about Graham Glasgow? That was kind of the one we were thinking about could move over if he's competing at right guard. Could Graham be competing at center uh, in that spot with uh, with Cushenberry? Absolutely. And he's going to be competing for left guard and center and uh, with Cushenberry. Cushenberry, I think right now, is potentially on the chopping block, but he's making himself valuable and known because he was the only offensive lineman that I'm aware of that went down to uh, San Diego, was it? Where uh, where the Broncos passing camp was with uh, Russell Wilson. So Cushenberry down there, if I think on paper, Cushenberry is not a very good scheme fit for the outside zone. He doesn't climb very well. Um, he's And sometimes he struggles with the one-on-ones and pass protection too. I think he's much more of a gap-centric center. But if he endears himself to Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson is comfortable with him, and then I don't care if he's not the best uh, run-blocking center or the scheme fit because, I, number one to me, what does my quarterback think? How does my quarterback feel about it? Does my quarterback feel empowered and does his opinion and voice feel important where he has buy-in then then everybody else has buy-in? I, I would be asking the quarterback what he thinks as well. Obviously, it should be the coaches and the general manager's decision at the end of the day. But when you have a Russell Wilson in-house, you should definitely make him part of the decision-making process. And good morning, Lawrence. Uh, says, much love. Let it be a good money to start the beautiful week. Yes, sir. Appreciate you being here. And Cody says, our GM is a baller. Yes, Absolutely. he is. Yes, he is. I mean, we're talking about a rookie GM, right? I mean, he 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 Second paid year. his dues and did all this thing, yeah. but last year was his first year. Mm-hmm. He's uh, talents beats experience for me when, when we're talking about these type of things. Well, he's been doing this for so long, but he's not any, he's still not any good at it. Uh, yeah. I'll take talent in this case for sure. Yeah. Um, you were talking about uh, scheme fit, Cushenberry, and 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 that type of thing. The word that we use in international football a lot is just trust. The manager trusts him, knows what he's going to get time in and time out. And if you've got the trust of your coach, the trust of your quarterback, um, you've got a leg up. You yeah. do. Now, can you keep it? It's going to be it's going to be up to you to keep it, but you've got to earn that trust. You've got a leg up. That's a that's a good call, Nick. Yeah. So we'll see. The center position is interesting. I did think it was interesting as well how non-committal they were to Dalton Reisner at the left guard position. First, let's get to Scott Torpy coming in here. Who's going to be the attitude for the defense, the second coming of Aqib Tlaib? Do we need that swagger to create fear? Uh, yeah. It's definitely something possible, and that's another reason that I think it would be interesting to bring in Tyron Mathieu. Not only uh, the attitude he brings and the, the Swiss Army knife that he is for a team that says they want to live in dime package as much as possible. Mathieu has as, almost as many box snaps as he does slot snaps as he does free safety snaps. So if you're looking for a versatile safety, boom, there's one who can do a lot of things, and he brings a lot of attitude as well. But you also could see them bringing back Kareem Jackson for you know, a song, really cheap. Sounds like they've kept oh, communication open there and uh, at some point he might be brought back even with maybe 
even brought back with the understanding that like, Hey, Kareem, we're going to give you some veteran time in the off season before you come in. They might even have a deal in place where it's like, we're not going to really make this official until closer. So you can have a little bit of time off because that's what, <laughs> that's what I've heard about Kareem. You know, it's uh, the veteran OTAs and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, maybe I want to spend a little bit more time with my family or on a vacation or something. The cerebral cerebral. I can't even say it. That's how smart I am. Uh, leader of this team. And like the leader should be Justin Simmons out yeah. of the safety position in the back. Uh, Josie Jewell is one of those guys as well. Uh, The brimstone and fire guy might be Randy Gregory. That Mm -hmm. might be the guy that, you know, is up there waving his arms and getting people fired up. He might be your your hype man uh, out there. So keep an eye on Randy Gregory and how he, you know, if he gets a sack and fires everybody up, look into the crowd. It's a different type of leadership and there are different types of leaders. Uh, But, you know, I'm going to call Randy Gregory as as a sleeper in this because that dude's fired up and he's got something to prove um yeah. he comes out with a hot start he's gonna make gonna be a fan favorite early and um i think he's got a chance to be that emotional leader on the team where justin simmons and josie jewel are more of the calculated leaders you know yeah. in the huddle making sure everybody's doing the right thing getting everybody keeping everybody focused um so in, in that sense i'm gonna give you two answers justin simmons randy gregory those are my picks on defense yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how the leadership dynamics change a bit because a big leader in that Broncos locker room in general, not just on the defense, was Shelby Harris. So new people coming in creates new opportunities. And a lot of times guys who have gotten paid are ones that people fall behind. So I'm curious to see what the leadership roles carve out for somebody like a DJ Jones or for somebody like a Randy Gregory and obviously Justin Simmons as well, probably the face and the voice of the defense. I know everybody loves the swagger and the chirping and whatnot from the cornerback position in general, but that's not really, doesn't seem to be Patrick, Patrick Sertan. Uh, he's a little bit more quiet killer. Um, I'm, I'm going to do my job and then you're going to be like, Oh my God, that number two is all over the place. And he doesn't, he just stoic the whole time. So lead oh, by man. example, he's a yeah. lead by example type of uh, quiet confidence. There, there's more than one way to get it done. And there's more and more different types of leadership. Uh, Jason O'Neill says, good morning, Chad and Zach. Oh, just kidding. Nick and Scott keep up the great work as a duo and for the honesty. There's a one of my favorite, there's two two of my favorite phrases to do with that. One was a quote by John Lennon that goes something to the effect of, you know, being honest won't make you the most friends, but it will make you the right ones. Why that's the truth. I don't have a whole lot of friends, but the ones I have are phenomenal people. Uh, another one is if you're always telling the truth, you never have to remember what you say, which is why I repeat myself all the time. You will rarely hear me contradict myself. One, I'm in like a caffeine-induced haze half the time and don't remember what I said, but I'm always being honest. And I know Nick's the same way. We're we're okay being wrong as long as we're wrong for the right reasons. You know, yeah. being being honest about it. We're not gonna we're not gonna blow sunshine up your high knees or dog on somebody. We're gonna be wrong because we give opinions. We try and predict the future. So, Jason, appreciate you being here. And uh, you might have missed some of this last night. Zach's gone HD. He like got all cleaned up. He's lit up. He's HD. And then he was on the wrong side. So he got called Nick. He got called Chad. He was getting called all kinds of things. I was saying we said goodbye to San Quentin, Zach, and hello to to uh, the Zach of uh, of the HD world. So it was a, we had a fun time last night. And Chad should be back tonight. He's been gone for a little over a week. He was a little under the weather. He should be back tonight with Zach on the Huddle Up Pot at 6 o'clock Mountain. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we got Clayton coming in too, saying had to pop in and show some love. I'll watch later today. Have a great day, guys. Smash that like button on the way out. Yeah, thank you very much, Clayton, for a ride or die. And he's also um, saying hello. Sorry, saying hello from uh, vacation in Minnesota. So up north. Travis, Travis, come in. Good morning, Travis. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country, listening, watching while at work. Well, hoping we can make your workday go a little better. And just sending a little love. Hope everyone starts out the week with a great day. Well, thank you, Travis. Thank you, Travis. Yeah. Great to see you, Travis. Hope you're doing well. Always good to talk to you. And also, keep up the good work, man. Travis has been on a weight loss journey. And uh, that's I know that takes a lot of commitment and discipline to do that. So uh, we're, you know, community's pulling for you. A healthier, happier, active lifestyle has definitely made a difference for me. I went from playing video games to hiking a lot and, or walking the dog. Honestly, a lot of my weight loss staying off has been I walk three to five miles a day because I take the dog on a lot of long walks and whatnot. Uh, that's my time to consume information as much as possible, listening to podcasts and whatnot. But uh, it's been great, and we're pulling for you, Travis. You also Nick, got Malachi. Go ahead, I, have an old, I have an old picture of I've got my dog with his leash in his mouth staring at me, and then there's a picture of me asleep on the couch with my arms folded like this and my cat sleeping on my chest. Classic. Like dogs are much, much better motivators than cats. Yes. Your dog's like, come on, let's go, let's go. And the cat's like, no, no, it's okay. Just lay down. We'll snuggle. Yeah. Like, God, all right. that's Come on. The dog's a little more consistent, though. He's he's persistent. They're, they're not going to leave you alone. No, Love them both. Love them both. Malachi Martin says, could Peyton, George Peyton, be a lifer as our GM with how he's handled everything since day one? Uh, the thing about the NFL is there's not a lot of lateral movement in jobs. Yeah. So if he's doing a good job and he wants to stay, yes. Where I mean, where would he go? What, you know, he's not going to go from being a general manager here to a general manager there uh, at, at the Jets or the Giants or the Raiders or, or anybody else because they just don't make lateral moves in, in, in this business. So as long as he's doing a good job, yeah, he's, it's, it's could be. I mean, this is a 25-year gig for sure. And uh, yeah. coaching, not so much because it's too volatile. But um, the, uh, the, 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 the general manager – yeah, he's off. He's off to the right start. That's for sure. Yeah, no, you're uh, you're definitely right. It's it's hard to say, uh, right? Because it could be we're talking about somebody that is still relatively young, has some young uh, kids and whatnot, and maybe there are things that he's going to want to be involved in in life where the demand of football uh, maybe would burn him out, or he's looking for another opportunity later. Maybe he wants to become a team president where he you know he can still have some power and input, but not the full on responsibility of the general manager and somebody that this comes to mind with too, especially given the age is uh, there's a lot of talk that Sean Payton maybe or not, excuse me, uh, Sean McVay might not be super long for the head coaching world because he, the burnout, because of the demand of the position, because he wants to be able to be available for his family. And there's other opportunities to make football or make money in football that uh, are not as time consuming. So I think if Payton definitely has a chance if he wants it, but I'm not sure if you do want that for forever. He could he could be the next John Gruden as far as the media world goes. Um, yeah, he could be the next Kirk Herbstreet who just got a huge contract. Troy Aikman yeah. just got a huge contract. There's a lot in common with these guys, uh, especially Gruden and I, I'm gonna say Aikman. Basically, Sean McVay is a Super Bowl winning coach who is a good looking, smart dude. He's he can go write his own check in yeah. in the media world if that's what he decides to do, and work 10 percent of the time and make just as much money. If not more, um, flashes ring, you know, I mean, he's, yeah. 
I don't know. There's a competitive itch. But once these guys get out, Gruden is the only one, just about the only one, him and Mac Brown, I think, are about the only ones I've seen get back into it. Um, and, you know, it took a ridiculous contract to get John Gruden back into it. Uh, and Mac Brown just, you know, may have been having one of those, I'm 60 and this could be my last chance to do this moments. And he did. Um, but talking about the uh, the press conference and stuff, uh, Lawrence comes in with some stars. He says, I'm worried, guys. It seems like too much teaching is going on right now and not a clear path yet. That's what I got from this morning's press conference. It's March. It's March. This is a get-to-know-you period as well. This is, uh, I, I'm going to teach you about who I am and what we're trying to do, and I want you to teach me about who you are and what you want to do. It's a getting-to-know-you period. I wouldn't worry too much about it. I, I'm interested, once they hit OTAs, Watch the guys get out there and get after it. There's going to be more eyes on on practice and more fans there. And that will elevate the energy level at practice too. So let, let's, again, you, you guys hear me say a zillion times, I don't worry too much about what gets said this time of year. I really don't. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm with you 100%. Uh, so we'll see uh, how it all plays out. But it's a new scheme. I mean, that's something too. We keep talking about this Broncos team the expectations out of the gate, it could take a little bit of time for them to get going. Uh, so, you know, you don't want to be patient with that. We're circling back to the off. Actually, we got to do this mock draft. Um, the offensive line. I am curious to see what happens with the left guard position. I do think Dalton Reisner is the penciled in guy, but it sounds like he's gonna have to compete for it as well with Graham Glasgow. I'm fine with Graham Glasgow being the super sub interior guy. Odds are you're gonna have an injury. Eventually the fact that he can play all three spots is great. Um, if he wins the starting center job, even better, but doesn't have to right tackle. I think it will be Billy Turner. Although I think I read that Billy Turner is going to be having arthroscopic knee surgery. Uh, maybe that's one of the reasons he was available so late, so late and so cheap. So maybe that's something you see Tom Compton play there early. And I wouldn't rule out Calvin Anderson just yet either, but either way, a lot of options on the offensive line. They're not done adding to it at all. I could see them add a center. That's a developmental guy that they're hoping that can be a starter come 2023. And definitely looking at the tackle market as well. There are a lot of different tackle options in the draft. I know that somebody like uh, some people like the Arizona State tackle, uh, Deesick, I think is his name, Deech, maybe. Uh, Deich, maybe. Deich. Uh, I'm not as big a fan of him because his body type scares the heck out of me, where I don't think he can he can't kick inside. He can't fail outside and then move inside with how tall he is, how tall, how skinny he is and how short his arms are uh, closer to 32 inches than 33. He might actually have to kick to tight end if he fails at tackle, which would be weird. So I'm not as in on him, but I do like uh, the, you, the university of Texas, San Antonio uh, Burford. Uh, he interests me a good bit. Braxton Jones interests me a good bit. And so does uh, Matt Walesco. Those are some names to keep an eye on there. Maybe, you can talk about Max Mitchell, like round four or five. Uh, he six, didn't seven, six, seven. See, Scott's <laughs> even lower on him than I am. Uh, but there's some body there you can look into, no doubt about it. But guys that you don't want starting next year, they probably all developmental dudes. All right, uh, we're we're on the uh, the pro football folks mock draft simulator. If you're ready to get this thing started, yeah, I'm ready. I think we're we're pretty caught up. Uh, real quick question on this with Anthony Ortiz. Anthony asks, Scott, do you think we have a shot at Bobby Wagner? I'd like to see him in Denver. A shot, yeah. Uh, if he wants 10 or 11, which is a big pay cut for him, that's not out of the question. Um, but is that where you want to spend your money? Maybe. Is there a shot? Yes. Um, I would still say, uh, if you had to ask me, will it happen? I'd say no. I mean, maybe, but if you said yes or no, no. Yeah, I think I'd be more interested in spending money on a uh, Matthew or a J J Jaquiski Tart 
or an edge rusher, uh, Carlos Dunlap, Trey Flowers, Jadavian Clowney, because right now I don't trust the edge rushing position depth very much. And I don't trust the starters to play a full season. So that's an area where it's a rotational position too. Like you're using the top guys are only playing 60% of the snaps. You're going to have a lot of snaps out there for Jonathan Cooper and Malik Reed and maybe Baron Bryan as well. I would like somebody to bring somebody in to raise the floor of that room, because if you do have to deal with injury, you're not going to completely fall off right now. Like we talk about it, the 22 looks fine, but let's pretend let's play the game of outside of Russell Wilson. Let's say this player gets injured. How does that unit look now? Let's say this player get in, gets injured. How does that unit look now? And edge rusher is the one where it's like, if Chubb and Gregory miss time, the defense could sink quickly. So that's one that makes me, I think edge is definitely a position to look at and target. All right. Well, let's get started. And Dish is where Kathy came in. I was close with Dish. We've got a, I, there's a pair of football, uh, baseball twins that are the Dish. That's where I came up with that mm-hmm. one. Uh, there's an extra T in there, I believe, though, is what, what makes it a long one. But Dish. So let's go with Dish on that one. Thank you, Kathy. And if you're ready to get started, Nick, do it. Um, I'm going to hit start draft. I've got it at seven rounds fast, and we'll see uh, We'll see how it goes. So we're rolling through. This is Mock Draft Monday. We're at 48 minutes on Broncos for breakfast, and it takes a little while. Won't go this fast on draft day, I promise you. Oh, I just um, saw Troy Anderson and Quay Walker go just right before us, which... Again, we don't really need linebacker per se, but uh, that's uh, that's if I can come out just a little bit and hopefully y'all can still see this and we'll try and and give you as much information as possible when we're looking at this. It's just it's a little hard to see. Well, guess who's sitting right there at 64? Yeah, this is going to be an easy pick, but I want to just talk. Let's talk a little bit before we click draft of who went beforehand. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you scroll up a little more? Let's start at like 50, because I think this is the area where the Broncos maybe start to look to trade up a little bit. So 45, that's a good spot. Roger McCreary, this is somebody that Eric and I have gone back on a lot, back and forth. He had Roger McCreary as a borderline first-round grade, and I like McCreary a lot, but he his arm length is horrifying as far as... <laughs> I know I'm such a measurement guy, but like his... Since there, I think there's been 736 cornerbacks with their arms measured, or defensive backs with their arms measured, and Roger McCreary is one of the three shortest of all time ever measured at, I think it was like 29 and a fourth uh, or something like that. And in the last 10 years, there has not been a single all pro cornerback with arm length sub 31 inches. So that's something where because of that metric, that outlier, I think that he's going to fall a bit. I would be okay taking him at 64 because he's going to be a nickel player, but Eric's talking about moving up and trading for him because of how good he think how, how he perceives him. I don't perceive him as good as talented as Eric does. And then you also have the metric that there's something to, having that short of arms and not succeeding at this, at this level, it matters for run defense. It matters for your zone defense. So that's something that um, I think is worth discussing. Roger McCree has extremely short arms. So does Marcus Jones, uh, two of the shortest arm links ever measured for the position. It looks like they haven't updated their needs. Um, I feel pretty good about quarterback needs. Oh, that's, that's their needs. Sorry. Yeah. That was the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, for DeMarvin Leal. Leal going all the way at 46. Boy, he's dropped. Remember when he was being talked about top 10, top five? Yeah, there's some character stuff there with him. So we'll see if it, uh, we'll see how it plays out. I really like Logan Hall to the, uh, the the Saints. He's somebody who interests me for the Broncos. You're looking for a five technique right now. Who's playing five technique and three, four defense right now? McTelvin, Najim, question mark? I, I don't know. Uh, that's a position the Broncos could look to add. And Logan Hall has some inside outside ability. Uh, Drake Jackson's an interesting one there. There goes Tristan Washington to the Packers. That's a perfect fit. That's a great, that'd be a great yeah. fit for them. Christian Watson will, he's, uh, that's my guy. That's my Spencer Brown of this class is, is Christian Watson. If he falls, he shouldn't fall below 40. 
Yeah. I mean, he should be he should be a top 40 guy. That's my Spencer Brown this year. He'd be a great uh, pick Darren for the Bernard, round two. Uh, Nick Benito, edge, speed guy. Troy Anderson went just right there, who we talked about a lot earlier. And on the clock, I think this one becomes uh, real easy for me. Uh, any problems with here? I mean, I like Dylan Parham a lot. Um, we like Josh Pascal. There's uh, Deesh um, at uh, 72. But we, we got to go Abraham Lucas, right? As much as I've been talking about him, you're, that's who I'd take. Yeah, I'm... I wish we could see where Tyler Smith went just to see what the overall value is of him. Um, I didn't see. Oh, there he 52. is. 52. Man, that's an interesting name. I think if Tyler Smith does fall to 50, the Broncos might be on the phone. Um, Tyler Smith is an interesting player. He's a little bit different than Abraham Lucas. I think he has a lot more upside than Abraham Lucas just because of the power he possesses. Uh, I think there's also more versatility with him because he's inside outside. Also, Tyler Smith, everybody's like, oh, his technique still needs a little bit work. I think he's two and a half years younger than Abraham Lucas. Last year's tape at Tulsa, Tyler Smith was 20 years old. He doesn't turn 21 until April. So he's going to be 21 the entirety of his that's rookie a, that's season. That's a baby. I mean, yeah. in, in the trenches, that's a baby. Yeah. Um, that's the one hope for a guy like Jalen Mayfield, who was the worst blocking pass blocking offensive lineman in the NFL last year. Is he, he came in at like 20 years old. Yeah. Um, that's that's a, a third-year guy in college, and you're going against – you get your butt kicked by the BYU – uh, Mormon mission guys that are coming back who are then 27-year-old redshirt seniors. Um, <clears throat> Malachi, let me hit this one real quick. Appreciate you coming back in with this question, Malachi, and the, and the, and the going green for us on the super. So a Jabo injury is horrible, but how do you evaluate scout project guys like that who get hurt before the draft? You try and decide how long will it take, what do you think their best is, and how long do you think it will take to get there? So if he's just one year out and you still think, we had him as a top 15 guy, and... In one year, he can be that guy again. You don't fall, let him fall too much. Yeah. You don't. Um, if you weren't that high on him to begin with, and or worse, you're afraid the injury is going to take longer than that, if not, you know, be debilitating in the in the long-term future. But you've got to do your own, you got to get your own medicals. You know, I, I've got my own doctors who have my interests in mind. I want to see this, I want to see the MRI on his on his Achilles that got done. What is the typical prognosis for this? And if you think he can be back to where you believe he should have been anyway within a year, then he doesn't really fall that much at all. Uh, if it's going to take longer than that, or if you think it's worse, going to cost him a step, he falls big time, big time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of like with the character flaw uh, information stuff too, or character concerns. Yep, Abraham Lucas put it in. Uh, that is one where we have that information, but we don't have the resources and uh, the ability to know what the medicals are. And it's going to vary from team to team. Um, also, we don't have the private investigation firms that what these teams have as well, that somebody like Sam Williams with his uh, battery charge that was dropped. Uh, we're going to say he's a first round talent at the edge rushing spot, but there's this issue. How serious is it? These teams are going to find out and weigh the, uh, weigh the risks and reward. Obviously, in the end, a lot of times for these teams, talent wins out. I guess you can see that with the Deshaun Watson stuff and Tyree Kill stuff. If they're good enough, they'll probably still find a way. Uh, but that is one that uh, interests me a lot. So let's pull it up here. Um, let's. Josh Pascal is blinking couple to picks me. Picks that went. You're, you're looking over here on the left side. <clears throat> a couple picks that went at Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver. Alec Pierce, receiver. Uh, Daniel Falele, uh, tackle, big tackle. Justin Ross, former five-star wide receiver from Alabama, who left the state. Nobody leaves the state, Alabama. Uh, if they're that they to go to Clemson, that was a big pull. Um, Brandon Smith, linebacker, Jamari Sawyer, 
uh, Martin Emerson, corner, Mississippi State, and Dylan Parham. Uh, so Falcons have done pretty well so far. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 75 um, on the clock. Some of the guys available. Brian Asamoah is there. Um, I don't love him as a scheme. Rank of, he's got rank 39. We're okay at quarterback, though. I'm not taking a quarterback here. No. I'll, I'll, if I'm going to take one, I'm taking one seventh round. If uh, I would say if like Desmond Ritter was still available, I would have to think long and hard about it, but uh, probably not doing it for Carson Strong. We got our tackle. Do we double up on Deesh and just be sure, you know, no. or, or do we go uh, edge? I know you're a big fan of uh, Pascal of Pascal there. Let's scroll down. I just want to see what the options are that look Ooh, a little bit different. Perry on Winfrey doing down there. Um, He's a Why one falling. There's some talk about him uh, being, I think, I think we talked about it with between you and me, Scott, uh, Bob McGinn, who's been covering the NFL for a long time. We talked to a scout that said that, uh, Perry on Winfrey is going to, he's sure fired going to be a bust in the NFL. Um, and that, uh, he just doesn't have the toughness or the mental makeup to succeed in the league. So, uh, I think he's extremely talented. He's got amazing length. I do wonder if he's a great scheme fit for this defense, but he's, uh, he's extremely talented. I would have no issue if uh, that was the way to go. I'm looking for a little bit more of a hulking presence personally, but Perry on Winfrey, if you draft Perry on Winfrey, this is what you're saying. Draymond Jones, we appreciate you. I think we're going to move on from you after this season because we're not going to be able to pay you because that's the type of body well, type. But we're in the set. second round or we're in the third, third now. Yeah. You know, that's a great backup, you know, yep. for, for Draymond, who was a senior bowl MVP and killed everybody there and was maybe the highest riser or should have been. But now all of a sudden he's down here. So I, I like that pick. Yeah. Can we scroll down some more? I just kind of want to see the names again as I'm taking them in holistically. Winfrey does interest me. Keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. I'm just want to see the Once name. I hit 90. I scroll back up because I figure we can yeah. get those guys later. Yeah, no, it's just key. I just is evaluating the board. Okay. So the one here that um, outside of uh, Perry on Winfrey that makes some sense to me, would you scroll down again? Um, just a little bit. This is going to sound like crazy to you guys, but somebody meant to hinted it on the uh, comment section earlier. Uh, no, it's going to be John Mechie, uh, the third. Mm-hmm. Um, he would have been a top 40 pick uh, in this draft if it wasn't for the injury that he suffered. And the Broncos right now, I there is some unsurety, I will say, surrounding Jerry Judy long-term. Um, he's somebody that maybe the Broncos would take some calls on right now uh, just to see what the market is. And if the Broncos are going to live in 11 personnel, you know what that means? Your wide receivers have to block their asses off. And Mechie is one of the best blocking wide receivers in this entire class. I think he's never going to be a number one, but if you're looking for a number two or three, I think he's going to be really good. So I think overall, Scott, I'm going to agree with you. I think let's go Perry on Winfrey just to switch things up because I'm guessing we're going to have Josh Pascal available to us a lot in different drafts. Um, so yeah, Winfrey, I, I think is a very fun player, but I, I like that pick. I mean, yeah. I'm surprised that his stock is falling. I mean, he's, like I said, senior bowl MVP, and then he had a good combine. Let me see. Let me bring up my spreadsheet here on DL. His arm length, insane. Yeah, I mean, where Perry on Winfrey? Perry on Winfrey is right here. Six four three zero three four eight nine. Didn't te- do the other test, but I think he still had an amazing pro day. I'd have to look that up. And uh, and Diamond Rattler, thanks for coming in blue on us. And John Clay eventing says good morning, gents. Keep scrolling. Troy Anderson at one nineteen is crazy. Not sure about that. Was he really that far down? Did um, I go no, he already got drafted. He, he went to the Chiefs at 52. Maybe that's what okay. they said there. His uh, because you have the rank versus the ADP, and this yeah. is from Mike Renner. I think this is Mike Renner's list. So that's why Brian okay. asked well, him. We're going. I, I like Perry on Winfrey, and you okay. can never have enough big athletic dudes in the trenches. Yep, I don't disagree with you. Also, there's been somewhat of a what's the word? The 
defensive line, there's been a little bit of a scarcity on that recently. And in, in the last Goodness couple gracious, of drafts, he's still there. <laughs> he's I, I can't do it, man. He's too uh, his body type is too weird. Not for me. Um, a little bit too bad that uh, it looks like Mechie went off the board. Um, I like Fortner. Not surprised. Fortner's interesting. Yeah, let's uh, let's scroll up a little bit. I want to see who just came off the board in the draft. There's Pascal. There's Pascal. We just ah. missed him. So that might be as I'm getting a 90, I might drop a seventh. Say, yeah, I want to move up five picks. Yeah, I also really was hoping Nick Cross would be there. I absolutely I like Ed Ingram a lot. He had also- an incident at Georgia where he had a sexual relationship with a minor. Uh, it's not a Georgia at LSU that LSU. Um, kicked him off the team for a while. So there's going to have to be some background research on him. There's Woolen, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think he's dropping 86. But I will tell you who is dropping here. 84, uh, Damone Clark is going to miss his entire uh, rookie season. He had to have a spine fusion surgery, which they say is not going to impact him long term. But uh, there you go, Scott. Calvin Austin getting some fun some weapons speed there. Speed at wide receiver. That's when you want to start looking at receivers if you're the Falcons. Yep, absolutely. It looks like Mechie probably went off the board like almost right after we went. 78. Yep. Oh, I also really like a uh, Fedarian Mathis for the Broncos. If you're looking for a nose tackle, he went off. He's the okay. Board. He's okay. I, um, I, I, um, I like John Ridgeway kind of in that same, yeah. same area too, from Arkansas, another big sec kid. Yeah. Uh, on the clock as we're looking here. Uh, I like Luke Fortner. I don't know if that's where we want to go. Uh, I'm not a fan no. of Bailey Zappi, especially there. Um, this is a guy I've been telling you to watch. looks like he's coming up a little bit. D'Angelo Malone. This, this is a sleeper for me. D'Angelo Malone is an edge rusher with really, really nice athleticism. Yeah, he's <laughs> definitely interesting to me as well, but yeah, I keep trying to scroll the screen. Sorry. <laughs> like the touch screen. Why isn't yeah. this working as I'm pounding on my monitor? Well, let's get ahead of the curve here, Scott. I'm going to say the name that I think we should take. Um, he's a little bit further down. Jojo Dolman does interest me a lot, actually. Um, he played the slot for... Uh, Nebraska a lot, and he was really, really good there. <laughs> so keep an eye out for him. But the name you, you missed the name that I'm going to pound the table for here right now. Uh, Zion McCollum. He tested, he's a scroll down a cornerback from Sam Houston State. What number? And he's keep going, keep going, keep there. there he is. Go. He tested like an absolute psychopath freak. His agility is that we could get him at 115 and 116 though. I'm not risking it. Okay. I'm, I would take it here. Um, he's going to go round two. Right. Um, he's an absolute freak athlete. Um, I don't want to mess with your uh, your board here or what you're showing, but his mock draftable spider graph is like the whole screen is taken up. Um, it's, I love spider graphs. He, I love them. He is absolutely a freak. Um, I know that some people have been messaging me like, Nick, Zion McCollum at pick 64. Like He might not make it to 64. So keep an eye out for him. Um, he's actually one of the few cornerbacks that did the agility drills as well. You know why? It's because he knew he was going to be that much of a freak. Um, like, uh, if why would you do the agility drills? Because I know I'm going to test in the 95th percentile at six two. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's one that I think is going to have a heck of a, a heck of a time in the league. I think he's going to be probably drafted in the second round. And this team, the Broncos, do we have enough cornerbacks? Maybe, but you probably really want to load up on them in the in this. Uh, free agency period in the draft, whatever, because the AFC West is going to be essentially the Pac-12. So yeah, Zion McCollum, if you haven't watched him yet, Scott, I know you love the measurables uh, for the those positions like that. Uh, make sure you check out his like Ross and his uh, mock draftable and everything because he he's a freak. He's an absolute freak. We're in the fourth round. Is he off the board completely or not? In the fourth? Oh. Mm. I think the fourth round is probably, for us, where we're working uh, you do uh, look at, look into him here. So I, I take him. And if I, if I don't like what I see, and if he's not on his absolute best behavior, yeah. As uh 
Coach Bayou or whatever his name was said on uh, in, in the, at the beginning of the Waterboy, cut his ass. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's scroll up a little bit just because I do want to see because this is two picks for the Broncos here. Yep. Um, still got your running backs there. There's Matt Walesco, Dan uh, Butler's still, still there, D'Angelo Malone, Tyler Algier. See, I don't like Deesh's. This is about where Deesh maybe starts to interest me a bit, but still, I like other names more. Um, let's scroll down. I was really hoping that uh, we'd have that safe Brian Cook, the safety there from. Uh, Brian Robinson's an interesting I name. I like Brian Robinson, the running back, and I like Kieran. Uh, I saw the Notre Dame running back was still on here, too. Uh, Kyron Williams. He tested so horribly. I think he's probably going to go like round six or seven. I like Jerome Ford better than him, uh, to be completely honest. Um, okay, I have the two picks here that I'd advocate for. I think let's do Sam Williams. Now, I, I know that we have to state that he did have the battery case that was dropped, and these teams are going to have to do some research on him. And I've been told point blank there's some people in the broncos front office that when it came to deshaun watson it was if this happens we quit uh so there's some very strong opinions this is why also you want to have uh women in position of power in these decisions mm -hmm. because uh you want to have diversity and different walks of life so that way you can have the most informed decision possible well, and i want at least one woman in the interview room we're gonna Absolutely. bring this guy in for a visit and Multiple. we're gonna have at least one woman in the interview room and see what uh what they have to say and they've got everybody in that room's got a veto vote no yep. what do you and think Kathy, what do you think? <laughs> and if one person says no, then uh, we can mm -hmm. find other good players. There's there's always going to be other good players. This is the conversation last year with Micah Parsons as well for me. Um, top 10, the risk is so high on that that if you can't just outright cut that guy. A fourth-round pick, while it sucks if you cut him before even camp, it's not going to kill you like a top 10 nope. pick at no, all. You can turn so. him You can turn him loose, and it, it didn't cost you really anything fi financially. Yep, exactly. So this is about where the risk starts to make some sense here. Uh, the name that I'm going to shout out for this one here, Scott, keep scrolling down, keep scrolling down, keep scrolling down, keep scrolling down. We're still doing it. We're getting close. There we go. Um, Stop. Nope. Up one. Kate Otten, uh, University of Washington, wide or tight end. Uh, the Broncos just yesterday, they talked about how are they going to use Albert Okwebenam. Uh Albert Okwe, okay. Albert Okwebenam is going to be a little bit of a tight end wide receiver hybrid, a mismatch weapon, which screams to me that they are looking for somebody who can play in line. Kate Otten, the reason he's here available in the fourth round is because he dealt with injury this season. And, but when he's healthy, he was, some people thought he might've been the best tight end in this class. He can play attached line scrimmage. He's not a dominant blocker, but he's got the body type where he can play in line. And uh, he's really a young, versatile uh, weapon as well. So I really like Kate Otten. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ended up being the best tight end in this entire class. All right, I'm good. I'm good there. We've said before, <clears throat> are the Broncos going to get another tight end? Yes, maybe two more tight ends. Yeah. Uh, fourth round, that's a that's a good, a good pick. High upside, low risk, yep. high reward. Yep, absolutely. So he's one that uh, interests me a good bit. I like him. Um, so, so far, here we go. We are in the, the fifth round now. Uh, let's Braxton Jones. Just that's one that's a little bit too right bad. There. So let's go. That, that's a good pick too. I like those guys. Yep. Absolutely. Like Cam Jurgens right too. there at one thirty-seven. That would have been a good one for us. Let's scroll down, Scott right now. It's none of these names are sticking out too much for me and they won't. So we can't spend a lot of time here. Good player. Tito of Yeah, definitely. Devonte price, a real good player. That's not a bad time to get our running back. Or a third I was running back. I was going to say there's another th a third running back here, but the name that was sticking out to me wasn't one that you uh, you had mentioned yet. Um, he's up above. Ooh, Dominique Robertson can uh, interest me as well. He's really interesting. He actually uh, came to Miami, Ohio as a a quarterback, and now is playing edge rusher. And his tools are just kind of starting to come together. So he's a fun. Oh, there's your guy, JT Woods. There he is. 
Where are we oh, putting him? Two oh six. He ain't gonna be there at two oh six. You're gonna I miss this on a guy running at six foot two, running four threes. Scott, I'm with you. I think we. <laughs> I, I say let's. I say let's bet that a running back is gonna be available in round six, and let's get JT Woods because guess what? If he, we're drafting another fifth round safety, and if he fails, guess what? He's gonna be an incredible special teams guy. Uh, he's an yeah, absolute JT Woods, six foot two, 195 pounds. 4.36 with a 39 inch vert and 128 and was solid in coverage at the senior bowl. Yep. Uh, I'm, in. I, I'm willing to miss there. Yep. Absolutely. So now we are six. We're back on the clock. We have a trade. Punter. I do really like the punter. Ooh, we also have Daniel Bellinger who I absolutely adore as well. Um, then another punter. Can you see what the trade offer is? Uh, it's not an offer. You have to make an offer of them and it becomes kind of a pain. Oh, that's the one bubble there is not that. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was the other way around. No, it means you have to make them an offer. They're interested, but you have to make them an offer. Okay. Well, never mind. Sorry, Carolina. I would love your 2023 picks because Denver right now only has four of them. Um, but uh, you know what, Scott? I said, let's have some fun. Let's take the, uh, let's take the punter from uh, Ayers, or from San Diego State. The Broncos are going to have to be figuring out how to, uh, make some cap room going forward. I can save Martin. some money. Yep, exactly. Definitely save some money there. Sam Martin is fine. I'm okay with that, but he's not uh, incredible enough to, uh, for me to pass on those guys. So now we have some other names coming in here. Oh, I have a name. Here we go. Uh, Jack Jones. I saw him there. You, you uh, he's been solid for Arizona state. Uh, he's five ten. He's got some inside outside versatility. Maybe somebody who's going to kick to safety and he's going to be a special teamer as well. You're talking about filling in the very back end of the roster. Uh, he's one that makes a lot of sense there for the Broncos. So there we go. Um, we have our draft going. I think we maybe will get not some great grades on some of them, but that's got an F on JT Woods. You know who they give me my worst grade for? Even if you need a wide receiver, is Christian Watson. I'm like, okay, we'll see. That's fine. Yep, that's that's one guy's opinion. And drafting uh, or judging a draft based on the the immediate return is silly because you got to see how it plays out. So overall B minus here's the run through for the, you guys listening at home with the 64th pick. We took Abraham Lucas offensive tackle from Washington state 75. We took Perry on Winfrey, a defensive lineman from university of Oklahoma. 96. We took Zion McCollum, Oklahoma university. So you, isn't it? Oh, you, you're right. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Oklahoma university. I'm uh, sensitive to that one just because university of Auburn. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Zion McCollum, Sam Houston State. Uh, keep an eye out for him. He's going to go early. Sam Williams, a potential first-round talent. Teams are going to have to do background checks on him. I think he's still going to end up going to the top 50, so to get him at 115. Yeah. It's a it's a low-risk, super-high reward. I think he's a top 15 talent. You're getting at 115. Yeah, like you're talking about a athletic profile comparison to a Boye Mafe, uh, and that's getting him in round four. Kate Otten, the Broncos need tight end help. Uh He's a really good one. I think he could go round three uh, when it's all said and done. So to get him round four, that's fine. JT Woods, uh, Scott gets an F for that one. I'm going to give him an A because he's a great athlete. And you're talking about a fifth round safety. Those are the types of, that's where you make, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing with football yet, but he's an athletic freak. Okay, if he doesn't hit, it's just a fifth round pick. Like how much are the Broncos right now upset that they took, let's say, uh, Seth Williams. Let's say he never plays a snap. Who cares? It's a six round pick. That's not a bust. So this was terrible. We need offensive line linebackers and corner. So we got offensive line corner, maybe a tight end tight end. What we didn't take was a running back. So. Yep. Okay. Well, Spencer, it's thank you for your, uh, your opinion, <laughs> but you can only draft what the board is available and uh, you have to trust what the board says. So no yeah, linebacker. Michael, we didn't see the, the, the linebacker there that we, uh, 
we didn't see the linebacker we liked in those spots. So we went other directions um, in that spot. So we didn't go with a, we didn't go with an inside linebacker. We went with a, a monster edge and a big need at right tackle. This is my favorite one right here. Yep. And then uh, a hugely athletic upside in JT Woods. Again, 6'2", 4'3", 40-inch vertical with good coverage. He's not bad in coverage. That's my favorite grade of the bunch. Yeah, um, Could be a special teams monster. And we got another corner here and a, and a high upside Jack Jones. So we hit a lot of those. Just might not have been uh, the guys that you wanted. Yeah, and also the Broncos are not going to – you guys are way too uh, focused on the specific position. Holy oh, my holy. God. You know what I'm focused on? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, um, Bobby. Bobby, welcome in. Welcome yeah. back. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's absolutely incredible. Um, sh- shout out to you, Bobby. That uh, Bobby, who do you want to draft? Because you yeah. get to make the next pick, <laughs> next three picks. Yeah, God, that's uh, that's incredible. Thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate you, and uh, hope you're doing well. Um, I know that uh, I had some stuff with the family going on there for a bit, but. Uh, thinking about you um, when that was always going on. And so I hope you're doing well out there in central Iowa. Yeah. Speechless. What do you even say? Just yeah. Awesome. I mean, um, welcome in uh, when you, it's, I love bull Durham, you know, and he wants to throw yeah. his fastball. He says, why do you want to throw a fast guy's a first pitch fastball hitter? Cause in nuke says, I want to announce my presence with authority. Well, when Bobby comes in, you know, it, you know, it, uh, she announced she's, she's gone red. And uh, announces her presence with authority. Thank you so much, Poppy. Welcome, welcome back. Yeah, that's uh, that's incredible. Thank you so much, Poppy. We appreciate you so much. God, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> one more with uh, Spencer coming in here. So there's our full mock draft. I'll um take a screenshot of that, Scott, or something. So that way uh, uh, we you can... can actually download these. So I'll send it to you. I'll download okay. the. Cool. Um, I will download the safety. Uh, Spencer yeah. Caden Stearns is a beast at safety. Stop. So I'm done. I don't need another safety in the yeah. fifth round at 145. Yeah, that's I need special teams, guys. I need backups. I need all these things. Yep. So I'd be pretty happy if 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 JT Woods takes that step from elite athlete to and adds the experience and good football player and takes that step as a player, then you've got a, a phenomenal pick. Those are when you take chances on guys mm-hmm. like this. Uh, in, in the 150s, it's completely low risk, high reward. Um, take my F. I'll take my F on that. Like I said, if I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss a guy that's six foot two running four threes, yep. jumping 40 inch verticals. Take my chance on. And I've seen him play. He's not bad. So yeah. um, I could live with that one. Uh, and then again, as soon as I come out of here with Abraham Lucas and Sam Williams, specifically Abraham Lucas, I'm pretty happy. I, I am. If he, if he falls to me at 64, I'm pretty happy. He should be your starting right guard, right tackle somewhere mid-season. Yep. And for three of your first four picks are trench players, and the other one is a freak show corner. But you added two of the best freaks in the entire draft in your secondary uh, with Zion McCollum and JT Wood. So should be feeling pretty good about that with the depth because guess what? Year one, you're going to have some depth. And Broncos dead last ranked, bottom five ranked consistent special teams going to be much better. Uh, so that's, that's where the risks start to make some sense there. So, uh, yeah, guys, uh, again, we'll see how it uh, all plays out, but this is, this is a fun one. And probably one of our, one of my favorites that we've done. I feel like our last week one was really tough because the board did not fall that well. Abraham Lucas falling to 64 made everything kind of fall into place. So that was great. A lot of fun. You guys let us know. You keep sending us your mocks. I really like to look at all of these and, um, 
Broncos, then let's say you're still looking linebacker. Maybe you can bring in somebody in free agency running back. Hey, Melvin Gordon, how you doing? Are you still available? It'd be great to see you. So definitely a good way to go. And we also have Jacob Foster coming in again with the support. Thank you so much, Jacob, with the, uh, the quiet guy. Um, the silent J- one. If you're giving out piggyback rides, Jacob, let us know. Uh, maybe we'll give you one sometime. That's that's what looks like it's going on in the picture there. But uh, we got to get on out of here, guys. It was fun to hang out with you. We will see you again tomorrow morning for another episode of Broncos or Breakfast. You can find Scott and myself on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy, and I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle on Twitter. If you're at Facebook, make sure you're in our communities there at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod, as well as facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. Please go to Apple iTunes, find us at the Huddle Up Podcast, scroll down, leave us a five-star review and rating, say Nick and Scott are our favorite, everyone else, you know, boring, we want more Nick and Scott, no, uh, <laughs> whatever, yeah, it's fine. If you, There's different shows and different strokes for different folks, that's totally fine, I like that we don't all say the same thing, echo chambers are bad, you want to have different uh, viewpoints and analysis, that way they get you thinking, oh, maybe I need to reevaluate my stance on this because X, Y, Z. If you're not doing that, if you're sticking your head in the stand when you're approached with a different uh, way of thinking, then you're probably doing it wrong and you're missing out on some stuff. So like like that way, different shows with different tones and different voices. Also, play, make sure you are subscribing, like and sharing on YouTube as well. Uh, we got, I want to say hello to everybody. Kay, Kayleon, you're coming a little bit late here. That's great. Um, good to see you, Kayleon. Kathy Singh could bring up Melvin Ingram also. Uh, so yeah, have a nice day, everybody. Um, Going to be a lot of fun. I Looks like it's going to be cloudy here, but not rainy. So probably get a dog on a walk here and get on into work. So you guys have a great one. Scott, what's the rest of your day looking like? Um, I'm going to see if I can watch any, find any more World Cup qualifiers today. I'm not sure if, if that's it. Otherwise, going to get some work done. I want to say thank you again. Cause we don't, I don't feel like we don't do this enough when uh, we're on when I'm on this side. because I, I don't see, but I can see everybody this time for the most part. So to our, our Facebook superstars, Andrew, Andrew Lampy, Lawrence Rivera coming in multiple times, Travis. And uh, let's see, Jacob, of course, several times. And then on the on the YouTube side, <clears throat> to Oi Boy kicking us off, Richard, uh, Malachi Martin, Diamond Rattler, John Clay, Eventing, and of course, Pobby B. Thank you so much. Uh, you make this so we can keep doing this. And for that, we will be forever grateful. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Have a good one. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. Let's ride. Can I co-op that? Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.